Hmm. So all the way back to Vagrant Homestead. No, Valet. Well, Valet is Vagrant. No, it's not. Valet is... No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Stop saying yeah, it is when I say no, it's not, because you're defeating the purpose of me saying no, it's not. You're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 47, recorded Saturday, January 28th, 2017. In this episode of PHP Ugly, Eric and Tom talk about Laravel 5.4 released, Laracon US sold out, Lone Star PHP opened early bird ticket sales for the last time, and a lot more, so let's get started. Ahoy, Thomas. Ahoy, hoy. Eric? That's, that's a cruise ship talk for hello. Uh, it's also... It also is Edison's favorite uh, way to say hello when he answered the phone. Ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Ah, I didn't know that. He preferred the nautical terms. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm back from vacation. I'm back from my cruise. I'm back on on streaming data, which is which is nice. I didn't miss it as much as I thought, so I had no internet connectivity during my trip. Not that I couldn't have it. Um, you know, we we do live in modern times, and if I wanted to pay, you know, whatever whatever the cost was, I could have Wi-Fi on the ship. It was more of a matter of principle, I think, uh, with the with the wife and family to show them that I wasn't going to work, I wasn't going to to check my emails or check my Slack. So right, you're connecting prin- with them. Yeah, out of principle, I. Uh, I didn't purchase the data plan. Now I, we did we did hit shore a couple times, and I was able to get out a couple of, couple of emails. We <clears throat> we were at uh, our first stop was this island right off the coast of California, Catalina Island. If you're not familiar with it, it's it's not a big island. It's about I think it's 15 or 20 miles off the coast of uh, Long Beach, and. Um, that, that was kind of our first stop, and you can typically pick up cell service there from time to time. <clears throat> but then down in Mexico, I had to I had to turn on international roaming for that, which had me weirded out a little bit. I, I got to check my bill because <clears throat> I called AT and T before I before I left. That's that's the carrier I use, and um, according to my plan, I I have free roaming down in Mexico, which was was a benefit. I used to have a job where I I. Went pretty deep into Mexico, a place called Guadalajara, and uh, I would go down there pretty reg- regularly. And um, never had my cell phone when I went down there. The company provided another cell phone when I was down in Mexico, but so yeah, apparently I have it now. But I don't know. I, I'll 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 know for sure when I check my bill. See if I got dinged a couple hundred bucks for checking my email while I was down there. <laughs> so I wasn't totally good, but I, I was good for most of the part. So this is a Poyos Hermanos job you used to have, driving Poyos. trucks across the border. Oh yeah, I, when I was the coyote. Yeah, yeah. Hey, have you ever been on a cruise? I haven't. Cruises. Uh, the only thing I know about cruises is that every once in a while the entire sewage system backs up into the rooms. <laughs> yes. So I kind of shied off a little bit of that. It was my first experience. My uh, wife has done it before. Uh, I thought it was nice. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I I have seen those horror stories as well, so I was a little, I was a little skeptical. But we we didn't go that far. I mean, physically, we're, the places we went, which was Catalina Island and Ensenada, um, Mexico, from where I live in San Diego, I. Well, I couldn't drive to Catalina Island, but I could drive to Long Beach, catch a catch a ferry, and go to Catalina Island, all within a matter of two to three hours. Um, and then I can drive down to where we were in Mexico, and again about two or three hours. So we were we were never that far from civil, you know, from land. It's not like we were we were on the Titanic going across the Atlantic or anything like that. It was so I felt I felt okay about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of my other problem is that. Is that the industry is is known? Its most famous cruise was the one that almost killed everyone on board. <laughs> you know, uh, that that's kind of bad. Well, what's funny is, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a drinker. I can drink. I drink. I drink socially, and I'm a Her very tails. social person. Yeah, but you know, on the ship, like 
when they have you on the ship, it's all about making money at that point, right? I mean, right. you're just constantly being bombarded with, hey, buy this. Hey, let's take a picture of you here. Buy it, buy it, buy it. And uh, with alcohol, that's their big seller. <clears throat> but you have an option. You can actually buy unlimited alcohol before you go on the ship. Now, you have to buy the alcohol on the ship. You're not allowed to bring your own. You can there. There's some caveats. You can bring like a six pack or a bottle of wine, but then you have to pay them for a corking fee. Um, so I was okay with that. I, I I could have spent for the unlimited alcohol and felt like I got my money's worth. But in order to do that, you have to pay for unlimited alcohol for everybody who's over 21 in your cabin, um, which would have been myself and my wife and. She's not a heavy drinker at all, and there's no way I would have drank enough and and stayed conscious uh, to make it worth what would it what it would have cost for the both of us. So we opted. That not sounds to- like you lack determination. <laughs> so we opted not to do the unlimited alcohol. We figured you know we'll just pay for alcohol as we wanted, and it, it should still be cheaper. But there is unlimited alcohol plans that you can buy. So the first day we're on the ship, we were having very unusual weather for Southern California, where it was raining, uh, a ton of wind, Um, and actually they ended up shifting our schedule around where we went out to sea the first day as opposed to going to Catalina, as we were scheduled to do, they ended up going to sea to avoid the rain. So they actually go out to the ocean and start driving or, or sailing around, uh, staying out of the rain, and that's all we did the first day. But the but the <laughs> the sea was still rough. It was it was very rough, <laughs> and you could feel it moving. Like you you're standing there and you're getting you're you're moving around a little bit. So couple that with unlimited alcohol, and the first day on the ship, either everybody was either seasick or hungover. <laughs> there was like nobody walking around without a bag to throw up in. <laughs> that sounds like a party. Oh man! Unfortunately, we were fine. No, nobody, nobody in my family got uh, too upset. One of my daughters took some drama, mean, but I mean, it never limited her. She never got sick, sick. But it, it was an experience. I enjoyed it. I, I'd do it again. I know there's that PHP Tech Cruise. Uh, I asked the wife about it. She's like, "Yeah, no, I don't know if I'm ready to go on a cruise with a bunch of your geek friends yet." But uh, good to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, speaking of getting sick. Boy, did I get sick this week! Yeah, I know, man. You're like, uh, you're, you're, you don't get sick that often. I get sick exactly once a year. Yeah, I get sick. Yeah, this this week in January every year. Now I used to be a smoker, and I would get sick, and I was out for a month. I mean, I was an idiot, smoked a lot, and didn't get better for a huge period of time. So. Now, in this case, it, it knocked me out for a good three days. But being a work-from-home employee, I had no excuse to not, you know, do what I could still. So I'm still working every day. <laughs> I'm just taking off when the train hits me at 4 o'clock. But we had, our, we had my last meetup this week. And I wasn't there. I you know. Were, you son of a... And I, I almost didn't make it. So you were sick then, huh? Uh, you know, I was. Uh, I'm in the process of recovery. I was in the process of recovery then. Uh, fortunately, I had enough sculpin to <laughs> to confuse my body. Uh, I wasn't able to distinguish between being sick and being just generally disoriented from alcohol. So it, it all worked out. I got home at like 9:30 and took a nap. It was great. <laughs> But yeah, now you can you can probably hear it in my voice. I am I am in the process of recovery. Uh, yeah, you, you can tell you're not you're still not 100. percent Not 100, percent but I've got a 12 pack tonight that says I'll be all better by tomorrow. So uh, obviously, I haven't been doing a lot of work. That was a weird experience, especially being kind of the owner of. Our and now this is your company. first trip. This is your first trip as owner of a company. That must have weighed heavy on you. It was stressful, dude. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it was going to be stressful. I, I thought I was going to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I can unplug. Not an issue. Man, it was it was stressful. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if I need better uh, stress management tools or what. But, 
man, I couldn't sleep at night. So yeah, it was, you know, it, it, the whole consulting world is, is a weird beast. Uh, you know, typically as a consultant, that week I would have been on a cruise. You don't get paid for that. You're not working. You're not getting paid. So it's just a stressful experience. And owning owning a company and and just uh, fortunately, I have really good people that that uh, work with us, and I got a pretty good partner who can't seem to find time to be on a podcast, but that's because he's so busy. So I shouldn't have probably, I shouldn't have been as stressed as I was, but I don't know. I'm a stressful guy. Uh, you stressed me out. I missed a lot of excitement this week in our yeah. world of Laravel. Yeah, we've, we've had a really uh, impressive amount of news sort of flush forward this week. I mean, none of it surprising, but still uh, an impressive amount of news. Um, one yeah. of the first things that happened was uh, Laravel 5.4. Got released, huh? Yeah, Laravel 5.4 got released, and then uh, 5.4.1, and then <laughs> 5.4.2, and then 3, 4, and 5, and our, our current version is 5.4.6. It, it hasn't even been released it's been six four days. days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, that that versioning has always been sort of a joke with us when we when we do meetups and stuff. But it does continue to concern me that it, there are so many day one patches and day two patches every time a big version comes out. You know, I use it in an enterprise environment, and seeing six patches in four days can be disheartening, and it, and it can be hard to sell something that's yeah, that's seen that much change in the enterprise environment you, you any new release you usually let bake for a month or two before you start to explore it right yeah so yeah but i, I get what you, i get what you're saying you know i think a lot of it is just when when you're pushing towards a release you start coding in in a bubble and you don't you know you're testing everything and you're making sure everything is working well but you you don't catch all the not not necessarily edge cases or or anything like that. It's just there's just so many scenarios out there to test that you, that you're missing, and I think it's just one of those things that once you release, you get flooded with all these people who are who are checking out aspects of the code that maybe you didn't look at, and I think it, it's actually beneficial to Laravel because I think it speaks to how quick. Taylor can move to patch this stuff. And as the first couple of days, as he starts getting feedback from the, from pub, the public on smaller issues that maybe he missed in testing, he's able to quickly patch it, push it out and not, not worry about it. It's not like, okay, well for the next month, we're going to collect, we're going to do a bug report and collect all the bugs and you know, patch everything yeah. for the next 30 days. He's just able to sit there that day and say, oh, yeah, let me fix that real fast. Boom, boom, boom. Send it out and be done with it. And I think it's, it's, it's safe to say that breaking Laravel is not like breaking Symphony at this point. But uh, I do hope at some point that it does get that level of notoriety and, you know, use. Mm -hmm. So we talked about a lot of the new... Uh, Features and components in Laravel 5.4. Anything? I mean, <clears throat> during the release, nothing surprising. No, nothing new that came out. It's like, oh, hey, I didn't see anybody talk about that. Uh, but is there anything there that kind of has you interested? Or well, Laravel Dusk for sure. Acceptance testing is mm -hmm. my new favorite thing right now. Uh, and Dusk did release alongside 5.4. You know, there isn't anything game-changing. We know that 5.5 was going to require PHP 7, um, but that just hasn't occurred yet. Mm -hmm. uh, Laravel Mix is now replacing Laravel Elixir, and mm -hmm. high-order collection messages might might be useful for me. Uh, we're going to have to see really what I can apply it to. Um, you know, nothing really selling it the way that 5.3 sold sold me mm -hmm. yeah uh, i'm i'm still kind of on the fence uh where where i am with the quote-unquote uh routing improvements i i don't know if i like the syntax that much um 
but that's I mean no. that's something that got released and, and I don't think you're forced to use it. Um, the automatic facades I thought was very cool when I first saw it. Yeah, but I don't I don't think I'm gonna I probably won't use that um, just because I don't like how it looks. I don't like how the syntax looks. I like I, I like doing the type hitting and injections and I don't know. I I, I still think it's it's a very cool concept uh but yeah i I don't know if i I don't know how i would use that or if or if i would use that um the markdown for for emails i think is pretty cool uh yeah I i have a client that has a lot of emails um he's not on laravel yet where where we've been slowly moving him to a laravel install uh so i'm real interested in trying to get him up to a five four and maybe taking advantage of some of this um markdown for emails. But yeah, kinda cool. And then right on the heels of that release, of course, our favorite Laravel service or one of our favorite Laravel services, Laravel Shift, announced that, you know, he did all did everything he needed for people to shift their apps to five four. So if you are on a five three or or earlier, you can actually there's an upgrade path through Laravel Shift, which is run by uh, Jason. Um, I keep saying his last name is McCree, but it's not McCree, but it looks like McCree to me. But uh, yeah, the guy over at Laravel Shift. Uh, the guy. See, god damn it, they're messing Jason with my McCreary. head, Tom McCree. They're they're messing with my head, Thomas. I'm gonna tell you. So can I go off on a little bit of a tangent, a little bit? I, I I don't even have the power to stop you. So we talked about um, we talked about um, what did we talk about? True North, and yes. we were talking. To, and we we really just kind of brushed over. It's not like we went into an in depth story about True North and who they were. We just happened to mention that you know True North uh, had their final um, conference and they were going away and. I believe I had kind of mentioned, oh yeah, True North, that's the conference that's run by uh, Grumpy and those guys, is what I said. Grumpy and those guys. <laughs> yes. And I totally, totally got called out on it. And I should have been, because, so so Peter Mess, who is the organizer of True North PHP, tweeted something about how we were, how he was referred to as, quote unquote, those guys. And I'm like, I feel like a complete heel because, I, I, I mean, I know he was joking. I know he, I, I doubt he was seriously upset about it. But well, I feel his Twitter feel profile like, picture is him smiling, so I think we're okay. <laughs> but, First thing, I was honored to find out he listened to the show. I'm like, oh, cool, he listens to our show. And then I'm like, what a dick I must sound like to him. <laughs> but I completely appreciate what he's saying because as as a community organizer, you don't. You don't do it for the money. You don't do it for the recognition. But when there is recognition to be had, you like to make sure it's placed correctly. And I've been on the receiving end of that several times where I, I have not gotten the recognition and it had gone to somebody else. And I know what that feels like. And I did it to him. And I do it to everybody. I just did it to, to Jason. Yeah, that guy. It's like that guy. I, should, I should have that information. And I apologize to Peter. Uh, because I mean, he, he, I know everything involved in trying to organize these things and especially doing a conference like that. I tried to do one in San Diego and I gave up. I just didn't have the time or to, to put into the effort. So I apologized. To him. <laughs> I, I did let him know that he was an awesome one of those guys, but you know, I'm not sure if that, uh, if that, uh, made, made it better or worse. <laughs> yeah. If it makes, if it makes Peter and Matt feel any better, uh, Eric is one of those guys. Yeah. You know I'm you know a, what I mean? One of those guys. Yeah, I'm a dick. What can I say? <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of, of conferences. Speaking of conferences. Uh, Laracon US in their in their small new venue has completely sold out. Uh, you, you know, it, it's got to ha- you've got to ask the question now. Why did you move to New York? Why did you move to a smaller venue? Why? I mean, clearly people want to go to this conference. We're, what, what are we, six months out? 
I mean, we're we're not even close to the damn conference, and he sold out in New York, which is extremely expensive. That 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 became an expensive conference, not the conference itself. The conference is very affordable, but that whole going to that conference, accommodations and food yeah, that and... that became an expensive conference. Why are you? Why either stay in Louisville where the size was the same, but you know travel was cheaper, or go bigger? Are you saying? Are you saying that this stinks of corruption? I think Trump is involved. I don't know how yet. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. You can't. I can't avoid it. I tried not talking politics. We'll spiral out of control quickly. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Uh, if you haven't got your ticket for Laracon 2017, uh, I guess they're putting together a, a wait list um, for cancellations. But yeah, they're sold out, man. I've got my ticket, so I'm not too concerned about it. But I know the guys over at Lara Chat wanted to go. We were talking about all trying to get there and um, and do a podcast from there. Uh, and try to get people to try to do a big roundtable, maybe of a lot of other podcasters. Laraville podcasters, but uh, I don't know if they got their tickets or not. I haven't actually spoken to them since I've been back in town, but um, yeah, that, that conference sells, and I'm telling you, it is one of the best just even PHP conferences, one of the best conferences out there. The single track that he puts out, puts together, the the way that they do it is just, it's it's a really good conference. I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it this year. I, I hope uh, next year maybe it goes bigger. You mean San Diego? I mean, I know you mean San Diego. Did you see my tweet to, to Taylor? Yeah, I always see your tweets. Yeah. I have a, uh, Bigger, you know, better tacos. <laughs> San Diego, 2018. Tacos. For now, I mean, 2018, we might not have anyone to make tacos. <laughs> stop it. You stop not, it now. I didn't say his name. I have a twofer for you. Are you still using PHP Storm or are you still in Vim, Vim land? I am still in Storm. I, I still use them. I still fire up them. Along with the uh, the 5.4 release, PHP Storm EAP, their uh, early access platform, mm -hmm. uh, created uh, support for blade components and slots. These are new features in 5.4. Yep, I saw that. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool to see them moving this quickly. Uh, so if you're if you're on PHP Storm and you're upgrading to 5.4, then yeah. Hit, all, hit the EAP platform, get updated, because uh, it's got all the new tools you're going to need for that. Yeah. However, some really interesting news came out from the Microsoft GitHub account. Did you see I this? I saw you post this, yeah. What's this about? Well, somebody at Microsoft, in an official capacity, appears to be building a PHP parser for the purpose of implementing php in a microsoft ide so interesting the it is a lengthy process but they they are at phase five now of their six phase process which is officially supporting php syntax and grammar and implementing real world tests uh of real world applications in php it sounds like Visual Studio might be getting support for PHP, which would be a pretty big win for the PHP world. Yeah, I, I, I think so. You know, I have a theory. Uh, well, the, the early two thousands. Well, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where how how I should frame this. The early two thousands. Um, I was working for a big enterprise company, and uh, I was trying to push. Uh, I was trying to introduce it to PHP and trying, they were a Java shop uh, and they were actually another really obscure language before then. And when they were moving from this obscure language to another language and they were, they were exploring different languages. I was trying to introduce them to PHP and they ended up going Java, but I, I got enough of a foothold in there where a couple projects started up in PHP and, there was enough for us to have to support it moving forward. And there was a time, and I, I forget exactly when, but I would probably, if I had to guess right now, probably say around 04, 05, where Microsoft really started to seem to buddy up with PHP. Like they were, they were, they, they started getting, um, 
they, they really started trying to make it easier to have PHP support for IIS. Uh, they were they were doing some partnerships with um, with uh, Zen. I I actually thought that they were going to purchase Zen. That that was like my prediction one year. I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised to find out uh, Microsoft buys Zen, who they're the big you know, corporate PHP provider. Um, I kind of I, I kept having this suspicion that Microsoft was going to buy Zen, but. Microsoft has always had like this weird like romance with PHP. Like they they don't they don't discard it. They they kind of but they never really treated it as a first class citizen, but they keep it close. You know, they they show it some love. Um so it's I'm always kind of curious about why they do that and and what their long-term plans are for it. Yeah, I'm interested to see what what Microsoft is going to do this year because they've sort of done things over the last year that make you go, what, what, what is the, what's the end game here? You know, yeah. uh, support for things like Docker built into the kernel and then, uh, PHP love from the IDE side here. It's, it, you, you just wonder what is it, what are they going to do next? Are they going to just go open source completely? You know, it wouldn't be the craziest thing. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I keep, just keep, just keep, keep, I just keep keeping an eye on it. <laughs> in a, in a year full of crazy things, I don't think that would be the craziest thing. <laughs> this is, is true. Which is well, hard to even say. Jesus. Well, I got good news for you, Thomas. Yes, sir. If you if you did miss out on Laracon 2017, you can still go to some pretty cool PHP conferences. Um, I might go to this. PHP Tech obviously happens in May. That that's a pretty good one. But before PHP Tech. In April, Lone Star PHP happens. That's the community PHP conference that they have down in um, Texas, which is still... At Addison, Texas. Still a state uh, of the U.S. You know, currently, you don't know, in April, they may have finally succeeded. But I'm not going to tell you who runs this one because I didn't do the research on the names and I don't want to say those people or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not getting sucked into that one again. No. However, this is the last year for Lone Star. And really? At least that's what it said. It said for our seventh and last conference together. So I, I, I interpreted that as this is going to be our last conference, our last Lone Star, but I could be wrong. Um, but for that purpose alone, I kind of want to get down there. I, I think it's on, I forget what date it is, but they typically have it on a weekend. And it's really one of those things where you can fly in one day, stay overnight, and fly out the next day. Um, I'll tell you what, so, as much as you avoided making a mistake by not saying any names, you did You did already make a mistake. Why is this that? One's starting on, this one's starting on Thursday, April 20th. All right. Well, I, I said it wasn't sure. I said I thought it was a weekend. So it's Thursday. It's a Thursday-Friday conference? I know it's two days, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's a three-day. It's three Only two days mistakes this year. so far. Only two mistakes. Wow, it's a three-day conference. Say there's not going to be an after party. Uh, Say it. There's uh, going to be an after party. What? There's going to be an after three party? Mis three mistakes. There's going to be an after party, <laughs> an open source software room. That'd be fantastic. I, I, this is one of the community conferences I've I've long wanted to go to, and I'm disappointed to hear that it's the final year of it, and I really, I. I'm struggling not not to go to it because I, I'm already going to Laracon. I'm already going to PHP Tech. I can't afford three conferences. There's no way I can go to this one. But man, I really want to go to this one. I think I'm doing this one. Yeah. Dang. Hmm. Well, we got We got to spread ourselves out. We got to cover. If it's just us both going to the same events every year, our uh, our listeners going to be bored. All three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let me know if you go to this one. It'll be... F I, I think this... They always have some really good talks at this one. Um, so, yeah. I think the one is... Uh, what's the Southern Florida one? I think that's going on right now, isn't it? Uh, Sunshine. Uh, Su Sunshine's going on. I think Sunshine's happening this right now as we speak. Maybe? Maybe not? Sunshine PHP. 
Their current schedule is February 2nd through 4th, so... So, next week. We'll see it next week. Yeah, that, that's another that's another big one a lot of people don't go to. But, yeah, so uh, Lone Star PHP in April. Is that still right? Is April right? What did you say it, it was? Is. Okay. Lone Star PHP in April... Um, anybody interested in attending a pretty good and pretty affordable PHP conference, go check that out. Yeah, and I really want to hear a coding talk with a Southern drawl. I haven't heard that before. Do you know, I said I was sharing with you, um, just to kind of go off, off topic a little bit. I was sharing with you about how I was moving from, uh, Vagrant using Vagrant for my development work to using Docker. Yeah. <clears throat> so been struggling struggling with a, a, a couple of little quirky things with that. Um, right before I left for uh, vacation, and uh, it's weird and probably not worth going into. And a lot of it has to do with the complexity of my development environment because I set up. Uh, I'm, I'm, I work a lot with uh, developing microservices that have to talk to other microservices that do these different things. And getting that set up in Docker, I've run into a couple challenges. Um, and for my main machine, I, I, I have two machines I work off. I have a desktop that I work off, and then I have my laptop. So for my, for my main desktop, uh, I ended up backed in the corner, had to spin up another Vagrant box to get some work done. For my laptop, right before I left, um, and I'm going to butcher his name. I, I, I seem to talk about this guy every podcast, uh, and I don't know why. I, I guess he's just really smart, and he does really cool things. But Michael Michael Duranda is how I'm going to say his name. Mike D. He said it was okay to call him Mike D. Uh, he had done a post, and I think I talked about it. I might have talked about it on the last podcast. But he he done a post on just using valet. So my um, justification for wanting to use Docker and the same justification I had for using Vagrant was I have to switch a lot between uh, PHP versions. Now I also have I also have some dependencies on the web server I use, whether it's Vagrant or, or Apache, and that's one of the reasons why I, I keep coming back to my Docker and Vagrant solution. Um, and I have some really quirky kind of configurations for, for clients. But that aside, the overwhelming reason I was going that way was to switch from different versions of PHP. And, and uh, what he, he had released a blog post about how to switch versions of PHP using um, Valet. So I read through it and, and it was all, it, it's really Mac specific, which again, Valet is Mac specific. Although I did find an open source application out there that's very close to Valet. Um, and I, the name escapes me, so I, don't, I won't go down too far down that way. But anyways, Valet is very, very Mac specific. So I was fine with his solution, which was uh, leveraging Brew to switch between different versions of PHP. And I found myself... While I was on my trip, even though I didn't have internet, I wanted to do some development, and I waited for everybody to be asleep. Everybody was sleeping. Naturally, was naturally. I was sitting out on the balcony with my laptop. Chloroform is a powerful drug. That's right. Just break the bottle in the middle of the room, close the door for a second, everyone goes out. It's instant bedtime. So I found myself implementing his valet solution, and pretty happy with the results I got. Setting aside the need for some special configurations within the OS and what, what web servers I use, for 99% of the development I do, eh, maybe not 99, maybe let's say 90% of the development I do, just being able to switch versions of PHP is sufficient. And so I found myself liking his solution enough that I did end up implementing it on my main development machine and uh i'll let you know how that goes i just did that yesterday so i got back on thursday and i sat down to do some work yesterday i'm like you know what i think i'm gonna go ahead and implement this uh valet solution uh here too so i went ahead and did that i need to write a function um because the way he has it set up where you have to switch between different versions of php is a little wonky and I'm pretty sure I can get it all done in, in one quick function that I actually think may be beneficial to submit back to the Valley 
project if I can get it working. So we'll see if I can't get that scripted out. But yeah, I, I, I'm now using Valet on my main development machine. Hmm. So all the way back to Vagrant Homestead. No, Valet. Well, Valet is Vagrant. No, it's not. Valet it is. is... No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Stop saying yeah, it is when I say no, it's not, because you're defeating the purpose of me saying no, it's not. Valet, you're using your you're using your your systems, all your system resources. the The only thing Valet does, um, and actually, the web server it pulls in now is Nginx, which is which is new to the newest Valet, and it does that through Peru. But you're using all your system resources; you're not virtualizing anything. The the, huh. the the cool thing it does is it it adds this um DNS service that again it pulls in through brew that that does the automatic resolution for you so you don't have to go in and edit your host file uh anymore you just it just whatever folder you're walk, working in it assumes that's the URL dot whatever the dot is I think by by default is dot dev but you can change it to whatever you want well, so geez, there's no you're right. Yeah, it's really slick, yeah. And it, it's funny because <clears throat> last podcast we talked about, we stumbled onto, oh man, I have to go back and look at it now, but we, we stumbled onto talking about a developer who had another podcast. And I, I had mentioned, like, oh man, I, I've got to go subscribe to that podcast now. And I subscribed to it. And it turns out he's not doing that podcast anymore because he does this cron cron weekly newsletter i'm like hey i subscribed to that cron weekly and it was in that cron weekly newsletter that i found the alternative solution to to uh valet which if i can if i can hunt that down i'll throw it in the show notes um here it is it's called hotel so cron, the guy who i uh, see i did it again the guy i could have looked up looked up the guy's name i i still forget what his name is Hold uh, on. let me look shame. him up here cron weekly is what it's called and the person who does Crown Weekly is a person. Oh man, you have to say this name for me, Thomas. I'm terrible at names. Matthias Kinnear. Matthias Kinnear. So Matthias Kinnear, we we were speak we were talking about him last week, and he had a podcast which he he doesn't he's not active active actively doing anymore. But and I forget why he came up on the on our podcast, but. Um, it turns out he does Crime Weekly, which I realize hey, I know I why he came Crime up. Weekly. He came up because he was he was the guy who wrote that article about oh jeez we talked about it you're, last week. You're you're right. You're you're so close, dude. He he did come up with it. It was an article that we uh, we were reading from him. Yeah, he he wrote the article about WordPress doing cryptographic updates when we were talking there you about. Go. Why? Why is this the guy writing about the WordPress? He's not affiliated. That's right. See, there you go. That's you're doing your job, Thomas. You're doing your job. Yay! You're doing good. Yay! So this this leads me to a whole series of things. But ultimately, where we get to is I, I I'm looking through my latest Crime Weekly. I'm like, oh, I've, I didn't realize this was the same guy. And in that Crime Weekly, he talks about an application called Hotel. Hotel is very much like Valet is to the Mac, but it's cross-platform. Not only is it cross-platform, Valet is very specific. So Valet is, was developed by Adam Wathen and uh, Taylor. It's very focused on PHP. It, needless to say, very focused on Laravel, but focused on PHP. It can identify WordPress, blah, blah, blah. Um, I shouldn't say blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of stuff it does, but it's focused on PHP. Hotel, which has a lot of the same similar properties as Valet, except it's cross-platform, not only focuses on PHP, but it can identify Node, Ruby, Python. Uh, it has a lot of different uh, configurations it can do. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'll take a, another look at this hotel and see if I can't get it implemented. I, I've been jacking around with my, with my development environment enough already where you know, I'm getting ready to go back to work. I don't want to mess with it anymore. But um, Hotel looks appealing, especially if I can switch uh, PHP versions. But if 
if you're a non-Mac user and you've been envious of your Mac friends who use hotel, uh, who use valet, I suggest that you give hotel a, a shot. Um, and I'll make a note to add that in the show notes. But if you look up Cron Weekly, oh god damn it, Eric! Um, Cron Weekly, I think it was. If you go to the archives and you click on issue, I want to say issue sixty-three, and I would be right. Issue sixty-three under tools and projects of Cron Weekly, uh, there's um, hotel as mentioned down there. Man, that was a long tangent. Sorry about that. No, no, that's that was that was. You got all the names right, as far as I could tell. I'm gonna make that. I'm that's. I'm gonna make an effort not to just say those people or those guys. I I've been called out recently because I'm still old school and say those guys when I say those when I'm referring to various genders of people. I'll refer to them as yeah. those guys, which. I've to be been, fair, you did say it in an incredibly racist context. Uh, race sexist. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say those white guys. Jesus. No, no, no one was saying you said those white guys. <laughs> well, what? If, oh, <laughs> moving I said, on. Oh, oh, I gotcha. Uh, man, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I All know. Right, moving on. Moving on. Are you ready for my soapbox? Uh, I have I have anou- a soapbox. You can't announce that as a soapbox, then. It is yeah. no. I am I am happy to announce this as a soapbox issue. Lay it on me. Um, so the I'll start with the good news side of this is that the the Miss Universe Indonesia contestant is a PHP coder. She's actually a a sort of a broader form coder. Uh, she's written apps and things like that, but she mm-hmm. picked up PHP in the beginning and. Uh, has has really and, done a lot of good stuff with it. And in in her video, she she calls herself a PHP. She says uh, I learned PHP and enjoyed it or something. She she specifically mentions developing in PHP. Yeah, and so I I love this. I I love seeing people in the community who who are coders as hobbyists, coders as you know, personal development type things, um, you know, coding professionally. I like to see all of it. And and when someone is a contestant on something like Miss Universe, I think saying, yeah, I'm a coder is good now. It's something that you can say that doesn't take away from you as a person, whereas, you know, a good number of years ago, that would have been too nerdy. It would have been too, I don't know. It, I'm glad to see the progress that we've made. Uh-huh. I agree. Um but it does it does remind me of one of my favorite makers right now. Uh right now one of my favorite makers in the the maker verse is a woman named Sexy Cyborg. I mean, I don't think that's her birth given name. No. Uh I don't I don't think it actually is, but uh if you go ahead and pull her up on Twitter, I'm I think her her on Twitter she's real sexy cyborg. Real sexy t- cyborg. So her name is Naomi Wu, and she is a maker from China. Okay. And she's having a lot of trouble with the maker community, especially the maker community in the United States. All right. Um. She is. A very, very smart, very, very capable person. She lives in China and goes to a lot of maker events in China, but she's sort of getting blacklisted by a lot of the maker community because she likes to do sexy stuff. She has maker projects that involve things that are risque. And even though... When she attends events, she she dresses and acts accordingly to the events that she's attending. She's getting blacklisted out of maker fairs because they're just afraid that she's going to be too sexy for their demographic. <laughs> what is, is that a thing? It's good the well, auto industry didn't feel that. <laughs> now, I, I, I will give it to you. The stuff she does is 
real risque sometimes. Uh, she you, used. You need to explain this. What What's that mean? Real risque? What's she, I mean, I know what that means, but what is she doing? That's real. So she made a a shirt that was made out of uh, LCD panels that could turn transparent or darken based off of the flow of electricity going through them. Uh-huh. So at a, at the sort of flick of a switch, she was topless in one oh, sense. Jeez. Right, and she she went out to a nightclub that was adults only, and and enjoyed this outfit, enjoyed the attention that she got from it, and enjoyed showing people what makers can do that isn't just the typical maker culture of batarangs and car modifications. It was stuff that can appeal exclusively to women who want to make stuff that makes them attractive, makes them feel attractive as women, and she she makes these valid points that there are girls out there who are 15, 16, 17, and they understand what risque is. They understand what they want to do. And that having this sort of male dominated community say that only knit caps made by girls are acceptable and not sexy underwear made by girls is acceptable is hurting the community. It's, it's turning women away because they're not allowed to work on the projects that they want to work on. Because it's not acceptable to their community standards. Um, and it speaks a lot to the privilege of, of the white men in the maker community to say, oh, I don't think you could make that. That's too sexy. But then, naturally, there's nothing that a white man could make that was too sexy to exclude them from some kind of maker event. So I really want to draw attention to her because she is working very hard to get women involved in 3D printing, in making, in coding, and not just in the risque ways that she's known for grabbing attention for, but 90% of the stuff she does is just interesting applications of 3D printing, interesting applications of software and coding. And, you know, she she's fighting a fight very much all on her own right now. And I want, I want to, I want to see people out there supporting her more than just the small Twitter base that she has right now. Well, it's not, her, um, and, her Twitter base is not that small. She's got over eight thousand followers. Yeah, but she should be. I mean, she's been on the front page of Reddit a, a number of times, and it's always for the the sexy stuff that she does that brings her to the front page of Reddit. But then it's also that's the stuff that is excluding her from the maker market in America at the same time. So that's it's this it's this double standard that's really irritating to see you know coming up and and she's with the make people and the raspberry pi people she's really had a fight for just displaying normal stuff that well, she's made well yeah and and as much as in this industry of recent years we've tried to show how inclusive we're being it's it's weird this is a this is an issue um it seems like it's more of an issue of content than uh gender but yeah, I I agree with you. Um, and, and just real clear to to make sure everybody's clear, this is not Mrs. Indo- Indonesia, who's the PHP developer. We've we've kind of segued it, segued into another topic. I segued nicely. I think it made sense. You did. You did. No, you you absolutely did, and it, and, it, and it absolutely did. I just wanted to yeah to reiterate that. Well, my I mean, I guess the reason for me it's a soapbox issue is because. When Miss Indonesia says she's a, a PHP developer, it makes front page and everyone is very excited. Um, but when another woman says she's a maker and she does it her way, there are people who say, oh, no, no, you can't do it that way. It's too too sexy, too risque. And that's the double standard I don't like to see, where mm-hmm. the Miss Universe is the socially acceptable way to be an attractive woman and be a programmer versus if you want to do it your own way you're going to have to go through somebody's gatekeeping yeah yeah it'd be fun it'd be interesting to see if mrs indonesia if she did coding for an adult website if they'd still be talking yeah, that's, about it i know that if she did acting for an adult website she would be excluded from the competition yeah well that was an interesting tangent and you've turned me on to a uh, nifty little twitter handle i'm going to start to follow she's, she I, does I, fascinating stuff 
I mean, I've so it's... wanted to get into make. So I have several Raspberry Pis, and I I play with them. Uh, I I enjoy doing little projects on them, but I the closest thing I've ever kind of did on it that I that I thought was cool was I I started to set it up as a uh, monitoring system where I actually I had bought a camera for it. I I did everything, and. And I was going to actually implementing it, implement it for home security. But once I kind of did all the math, I'm like, ah, I can just go get a Nest for the same amount as opposed to buying a bunch of uh, Raspberry Pis. But I, I enjoy that's what I enjoy with Raspberry Pi. Um, it, it just gives me a, a chance to to play with some hardware that I don't typically do. So I, I've been really wanting to get into that and 3D printing more, and I just don't have enough of a I don't have enough ideas or projects to to make it worth it yeah and you know that's one of the things i'm most fascinated about what she does is that it she shows how small something can be to be cool um you know she has shirts that have lcd effects on them and she makes 3d printed uh coins for chinese new year and Mm. she has boots that have projectors built into them so they project some sort of aura around her when she's walking around. I, I think this. I think that is that the boots or is, is that the wrist thing she's wearing? That's the boots. The wrist thing is she has a wrist holder for her little mini quadcopters mm-hmm. that has the remote built into it, and then holders for two quadcopters. Yeah. Um, she has 3D printed accessories for her tools around the shop. She has uh, these 3D printed hair bands that have lcd effects around them so she's cool it's like she's super cool and you know for her she sees cool stuff and says hey check this out this is cool and she's in a part of the world that is really cool and she's reporting it back to english-speaking america and it's very it's it's very fun and where's she at she's in japan or she's in china china yeah Yeah, she's in beijing very cool so yeah, big shout out to Naomi Wu. I'm a huge fan. Awesome stuff. We know we're not we're not talking about politics, right? No, are we? Are we? Is this the part where we whisper? We have to be very quiet. We don't want people to hear us. <laughs> Someone listening on it and listening into uh, us. I don't know. Wait, are right, you tw- introducing a doom and gloom segment? No, I am. I'm prepping our listeners that if they want to turn off the podcast, now would be a good time because you're about to talk doom and gloom. I thought we had a musical hit for that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. What do you got here, Thomas? Well, with with the new administration, there's a lot of new roles to be, or a lot of old roles to be filled with new people. And unfortunately, uh, the, the next chair of the FCC has been chosen by Donald Trump, and it's going to be Ajit Paul, who is a big opponent of net neutrality. God, this scares me so much. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't normally bring, bring the politics of net neutrality and stuff up in the podcast, but, uh, it, it is something that affects our livelihoods on a pretty significant level. Um, as things are right now, uh, the FCC had passed regulations that would give strong protections to net neutrality. Um, a lot of the provider companies were against these kinds of regulations because they felt that it was bad for consumers, which I don't think anyone's falling for that. But now, uh, now it's under a new, a new head. And unfortunately the new head is a former lobbyist and executive with the, the big, Telecommunication, telecommunication guys. So we're under the new Trump administration. Don't we, as Americans, now have the right to say his name makes him sound like he's a terrorist and have him exported out of the country? Isn't that something we can do now? Because it sounds like he's his name. His name is a terrorist name, and I think we should kick him out of the country. And he can't be in charge of the FCC. I think that's something we're allowed to do now. We're allowed to be racist under the the Trump administration. I think you were. I think you were allowed to before, but it's. I think it's just generally frowned upon by uh, well-intended people. Well, we, there there's not enough well-intended people to you know in this country anymore, and so now it's okay. 
I don't know. This this pisses me off. I, I I try not to get into political activism too much, but this is one topic that I will I feel like I could thrust myself into and just start to do all the rah-rahing around net neutrality and and the benefits of it and how we have to have it. I, I feel like I've been able to build a business because of net neutrality. And if this goes away, it, oh man. This- yeah, I think a few months ago I would have said if they if they do remove these net neutrality protections, how bad could it get? But mm-hmm. I, we're living in a time where Oh, it can get that bad. Yes. It, like, and what's what's and that, funny is that was the defense. So so many of the net neutrality opponents said, "Well, we wouldn't abuse these these rules. We wouldn't abuse consumers. Right. Um, yeah. So it's perfectly Whatever. fine because we'll be the good guys." But they're proving now that they have no intention on being the good guys. They uh, they just want the money, and they're working really hard to get it. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it is. It's a money grab. And the the thing is, is you have you pe- the people say, well, you know, this just this just makes it easier for services like Netflix and and uh, Amazon to to do the streaming and make sure that they have the bandwidth. I'm like, no, you don't understand. They would be locking out the next Netflix. There wouldn't have been a Netflix if net neutrality if there wasn't net neutrality and the next Netflix that's might be building up can easily be boxed out because they don't you know they don't have the the money or resources to pay for the bandwidth you know the, these extra taxes or these tariffs that they, they would be for if we didn't have net neutrality and it's just is it's, it's weird. a step backwards when you look at people like Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates and people talking about how internet access is becoming a human right and fundamental to development of, of of growing nations. To have someone say, "Yeah, but it belongs to AT and T," is very backward sounding. It's very mm-hmm. anti productive in my book. Yeah, I, I agree. And and the the fact that. Oh, man, you know we have to take into consideration the global implementation. We have to take into consideration that this is a global problem, or it would be a global problem. And oh, absolutely! In, you know, in the same way that we're already starting a trade war with Mexico, and it's been seven days. If there were net neutrality protections removed, we could be in a in an internet or a data trade war with other countries overnight you could see you could see providers in other countries just say oh no we're gonna completely snip america from the rest of the world because why wouldn't we and Mm -hmm. i mean i'm in a state now where i wouldn't blame them okay what's going on with uber i'm sorry we might need to cut this we might need to cut this one my my twitter stream my twitter stream this is live news my twitter stream is blowing up with uber tweets right now people deleting the uber app i've used uber for years no more the ceo is colluding with trump and has chosen not to decree the ban i'm deleting and joining what is going on something just happened with uber and i i don't know what i don't know what i'm reading here i'm just i'm just seeing the streams come in trump must really? be impeached for abusing his powers and shredding a ton of a ton of Trump tweets, uh, uh, tweets about Uber in New York City cab drivers, and people deleting Uber and saying not to cross the picket line. If you like the convenience of Uber but find them disgusting, check out. Yeah, there is something happening right now as we do our podcasts. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have enough information to tell you what it is. I'm just looking at a bunch of tweets flood my stream right now around Trump, uh, New York City cab drivers, and Uber. Did I buy you enough time to figure it out? So Uber CEO Travis Kalnick, who is on Donald Trump's advisory board, is saying 
While every government has their own immigration controls, allowing people from all around the world to come here and make America their home has largely been the U.S.'s policy since its founding. That means this... Ba okay. No, that's not it. Well, uh, he's defending Trump. So the the Uber CEO he is emailed, defending Trump. He emailed his employees. Somebody just posted a Verge article. Let's see what that is. Verge usually <laughs> jumps on this stuff. Federal court halts Trump's immigration ban. Uh, that's not going to be it. All right. Well, I don't know. Something's going on. Uber's blowing up. Uber's blowing up. We'll tell you next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can give up my Uber. I like Uber. But I don't know. We'll see We'll see what they're doing here. Oh, uh, I want to give out personally a big congratulations to Chelsea Manning. And that's uh, good news in my book. Yeah. Yeah, Chelsea Manning. Getting her, her the, the pardon? Yep. Yeah, the pardon from... Not not technically a pardon. It was a uh, it was a commutation. Yeah. So she was the whistleblower. She well, he, yeah, he was a whistleblower that became a she. Or yeah, I don't know. I, I I say these things so poorly and get in trouble with my for my kids and my Twitter people don't like me. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just run, don't, it, run it by your daughters. They'll set you straight. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. I don't know what to say, but you know, whatever. They're, those people are free to. <laughs> Would you like me to show you? Show me what? Show you how it's done? Sure. Said Chelsea Manning was a whistleblower while at the time living as a man, she gathered information on a USB drive and released it publicly through WikiLeaks. That works. And I do want to take a moment to say thanks to you and to Marcus Moore, your replacement, uh, for covering for me in the Laravel. A very capable replacement. I, I am very excited about uh, having Marcus um, work on with me on the user group. I, I think he's a great guy, uh, talented as hell, funny guy. We hung out at Laracon last year. Um so I'm I'm so happy that he stepped up and said he's willing to help out with the user group. I think I think he's a perfect fit. He's the type of person that just is going to thrive. And because you know we run the we run the user group long enough, it, it starts to stagnate, right? Because you run it the same way, you have the same vision, you have the same ideas, and you yeah. get some fresh blood in there. And I think uh, Marcus is that fresh blood. So do appreciate it. Oh, I didn't tell you. So come on, dude. You're not going to be gone yet. Why don't you try to make an SDPHP meetup? I'm I'm definitely want to do it. Yeah. I'm unfortunately my my head is too stuffed full of uh, I guess it would be called fluids to make any commitments. You, you, to you've got you've got a couple weeks, right? You got two weeks, so you're fine. Yeah, I it, got two weeks. Yeah, it's not until February eighth. And the cool thing about this one is, uh, I had somebody reach out to me on Twitter. And uh, his name, I don't want to say it wrong. As, oh, Asmir, God, what are you, you doing it again? As, Asmir uh, Mutafik? I don't know. Look it up. Thomas, you got to say the names for me. Look, look I'm going to start our, throwing in fake names for you. Look up our next SDPHP meetup. He reached out to me um, because he said, hey, I'm traveling to San Diego uh, I'm going to be in San Diego for your next meetup. I would love to come by and catch the meetup. And uh, if you don't have a presenter, I, I would even be willing to do a talk for you. I'm like, really? I I love people like this. I I do the same thing. It's like if I'm in Phoenix and there's a there's a meetup there, I go to the meetup. And my family thinks I'm crazy, but this is what the stuff I'm passionate about. This is how I make my living. I enjoy this stuff. For this, for this guy to reach out to me, he's from Berlin, Germany, and for him to reach out to me and say, "Hey, yeah, you know, I'm I'm on vacation." I, actually, I don't even think he's on vacation. I think he's working, but he's he's traveling. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to be in San Diego. Would love to stop by and do a talk." I'm like, "Freaking fantastic, man!" So he's going to be uh, here in San Diego on February 8th doing a talk. He's going to talk about RESTful APIs and uh, building them with with the Symphony. I don't know. if 
he didn't wasn't specific symphony framework, but he just said symphony, which can mean a lot of different things. Like maybe maybe he's just using symphony components. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, if you're in San Diego and you're a PHP developer and you listen to this podcast, you've got to stop by this meetup and check this guy out. His Thomas name is Asmir Mustafik. Mustafik. Thomas, you got to be there, man. I, I missed our, our last Laravel meetup. You've got to come to the SDPHP one. Tell you what, how about I tell you I'll be there and then I miss it by a day? All right, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, you're a great friend. Appreciate everything oh. you've done for San Diego Laravel. I'm sorry you're going to be moving on, but I'm happy for you too. I know it's something you're excited about. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, and I'll still be around in spirit and in webcam. Oh yeah, we we're not going anywhere. We're we're going to continue to do this podcast, so that's that's all still good. <laughs> and I'm going to try I'm going to try and remotely attend. We'll see if we can get that working. Yeah. All right, I think it's a good spot to wrap it up. We've run a little long. See, we I know we had a couple breaks in there, so let's see how, what we end up with, but I do appreciate everything you've done and I appreciate you covering for me this last week. And we're going to call this uh, episode what are we 47 47 call this episode 47 i'm eric van johnson and i'm tom Rideout. keep it ugly keep it ugly thanks for listening to this episode of php ugly and a special thanks to our sponsor the diego dev group if you are looking for developers who care about the code they create the communities they build and the solutions they implement then you want to reach out to the diego dev group you can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.